Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. Hey, you're back for another episode. Today, I'm talking all about the three different types of relationship currency that I believe you need to understand in order to win this year and beyond. Now, if you listened to an earlier episode where I was talking about some of my uh, sales trend predictions for 2020 and beyond, this is a great episode for you because it takes it to the next level in order to help you to identify how do you keep growing those personal relationships? What does that look like? Who should they be with? And how do you ensure that you are focusing on the right types of activities for each type of person? So today is going to be a meaty, meaty topic. Go ahead and grab your papers and your pens because you're going to want to take notes as we go along. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the three types of relationship currency. Now, the reason why I say currency is because I think it's really important for us to understand that relationships are like money like money in the bank, right? Like currency that you would put in and out. And too often we are withdrawing from the relationship bank and not putting back in. So I want you to think of it like you do with your bank account. If you keep putting uh, lots and lots in, but nothing ever gets withdrawn, then you're kind of, you're kind of rich and do up. And so you could take a, a withdrawal, right? But if you On the flip side, if you just kept making withdrawals, 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 then at some point your account's going to be overdrawn. There's not going to be anything left and you're going to have to keep filling back up just to get to zero. So relationships are just like money and it's important for you to understand that you are in charge because you're the one that's making those deposits or withdrawals, right? And the other person is doing the same thing. But if you are being intentional about your relationships and really thinking about how do I increase my personal connections with the people that I am connected to in order to grow my business, then what does that activity need to look like? So once we have understood relationship currency and that you are in charge of how much goes in and how much gets taken out and that there needs to be kind of a reciprocal back and forth because you can't have too much going in and not enough coming out or vice versa, too much coming out and not enough going in because it creates an imbalance just like it does with our regular money in our regular bank account. So let's break down these three different types of relationships when we think about it in the context of that currency. Okay. So the first one that everybody always thinks about is clients. That's kind of a no-brainer. If you are running a business, you have relationships with potential clients, with existing clients, with past clients. Now, the important thing that I want you to think about is clients are not just the only types of relationships that you will have with individuals. And too often what I see is that when you see everyone like a potential customer, it makes you desperate because you're, you're kind of trying to figure out are, are they 
are they it? Are they it? Are they it? And so as a result, the people that you're talking to, they kind of feel like they have a, a target on them, like a bullseye, like you're, you're aiming for them and you're trying to pitch them and you're trying to sell to them. And nobody likes feeling like that. So while it's important for you to know, and I'm sure you do know, and that's one of the reasons why you're probably listening to me right now is because you're looking for strategies and tactics and actual techniques that will help you to gain more customers and clients, which is important. Don't get me wrong. You can't act as if every single person is going to just spit money at you like an ATM. That devalues the relationships that you have with those people who actually fit into that bucket. Nobody wants to feel like a walking dollar bill. Okay, so I know that you understand that clients are really, really important. So I want at this point for us to really discuss the importance of the other two relationship currencies that you may be overlooking because these other two are really important to help you to get more of your number one bucket, which is more clients. So I want you to know that with an abundance mindset, there is no shortage of clients out there in the world for you to be able to tap into. If you simply just release the expectation that you have to work with certain people, that you have to, to work hard, you have to hustle and grind, you have to make offers to every single person, and you have to treat them as if they are walking dollar bill, then let it go. Because with that abundance mindset in, in, in mind, you understand and know that there is no shortage of clients. They are hidden in plain sight. It is just a matter of you and them being energetically matched, but also you being ready to actually help those people and them being ready to actually receive the help that you're going to offer. So when you are able to do that from a place of servitude, of well-being, and be able to understand that whether or not they work with you is totally irrelevant, your whole thing is to find as many people that you can serve every single day, at least one person. And I know that as you continue this journey, that if you really do focus on serving one person every single day, you will find more clients than you can handle. I promise you. Okay. So the other two buckets that I want us to spend a little bit more time on, because it's a, a conversation that I very rarely hear. And when I first started in my business, this was very, very important for me to communicate to my audience, to the clients that I was working with, because I think too often we're overlooking the opportunity to, to connect when we're having conversations with individuals and then just simply kind of going, ugh they're not important enough because they're not a potential client and we're diminishing the value that they could bring to the table for us because we're desperately looking for a client. So let's start with number two bucket. So after you have your clients, the next one are collaborators. So for me, collaborators are people who you could partner with um, either formally or informally that serve your market. They have a similar client base to you, okay? So they can be competitors. They don't have to be competitors, but I want you to open up your mind and really think if you could work with anybody um, or collaborate or partner with them, thinking about individuals that serve your customers and the people that you would want to be customers, who would they be? 
what types of industries, what types of professions, what types of uh, job titles do they have? What areas are they working in, right? Is there a specialty or a niche or even a geography? Is there a certain place in the country where you know that they're going to be more prevalent? Your connector, your collaborators, excuse me, are individuals that you would be able to partner with to create more bandwidth, to create more expertise, and to be able to create more value for the end user who is your potential customer. Now, ideally, the closer you are in terms of your ideal customers, the better the collaboration, the uh clearer you are in terms of your core values, your, your shared vision or the way that you operate in the world, the better off you are as well. And the, well, I'm going to have some competing words on this because for me, again, coming from that abundance mindset, I don't believe that anybody is your competitor. I believe that there are um, people in the same niche or area as you, but they're going to do it a different way. And so People resonate to different personalities and simply by giving them two different options, you may find that people are actually going to gravitate more towards you than the other person doing the exact same thing as you. So as an example, if I wanted to collaborate with um, uh, a fellow sales coach, maybe their background, maybe it's a guy, right? Maybe it's a guy who didn't work in corporate um, or they owned their own business through their corporate business structure. That would be a great potential collaborator if they were on side with me. Now, the reason for that is because we might have very distinct styles, different personality types, obviously different gender, and it will allow our, our combined collective audiences an opportunity to see which one would resonate the best, or we could potentially just collaborate and create a whole brand new program together that would allow way more people to be able to have access to two experts Again, two different styles, two different backgrounds, two different uh, ways of being able to help them to sell in a way that we come together and we wouldn't be able to do individually. What I want you to think about for yourself is, is there a way for you to be able to partner with somebody who is uh, either uh, complementary to what it is that you do? So as an example, if we were to take a web designer and a copywriter, because oftentimes when you're um, redesigning a website, the thing that your clients are going to get stuck on is writing up the copy, like actually giving you the words in order for you to be able to update it and put it on the site and vice versa. Oftentimes a copywriter is, especially for somebody who is doing web page copy, sales page copy, landing page copy, like things where it needs to then be input into some kind of a digital platform they would be really good partners to come together and say, hey, if you don't have this service, I can refer you to this person and vice versa. That is a great version of a collaboration, a partnership that can work really, really well. And the reason why I bring this up is because when I built my offline business in corporate and we created so much in such a short amount of time, so 15 million in sales in 18 months with a very small but mighty team, a lot of this was done using these three relationship currency buckets, especially number two with our collaborators. We had a ton of referral partners in the market. We actively sought them out. 
I was the one who went and created those relationships, nurtured them, cultivated them, and also held us accountable to what the outcomes were. Are we seeing referrals coming back and forth? It is important that if you set up a collaborator type of relationship, that you have an agreement, whether it's written or verbal, where you have um, discussed exactly what the expectations are, right? Is it one referral per week? Is it per month or quarter? And what happens if one person is holding up their end of the bargain and sending referrals, but the other partner isn't? What does that discussion need to look like? And so it's important for you, once you have established a collaborator or referral partnership, that you have a discussion and some accountability built in in order to assess how effective and how impactful they are and whether or not you want to continue with it over the long term. Because Again, if we think back to that bank account um, balance at the very beginning of, of this episode, you know, it's, it doesn't feel good when you are constantly the one giving and you're not getting anything back to fill up your relationship currency bucket. When that other partner keeps withdrawing, but they're not making the deposits back into that that common account anymore. And so you need to be able to have that conversation openly and honestly to let them know here were the expectations and here where we're falling short and what the results have been in order to make sure you, you assess whether or not that partnership is something that you want to continue to collaborate on moving forward. Okay, so that is our second type of relationship currency is our collaborator. Our third one is our connector. Now, our connector, you will know exactly what I mean as soon as I describe this in a little bit more detail for you. So our connectors are our folks who seem to know everyone. As soon as you say exactly what you do, very specifically, and who you do that for, what type of clientele or client base that you help and that you're looking for, and they immediately go, oh, I know someone, I know someone, I know someone. Do you know someone like that? <laughs> because chances are, right now in your existing network, you already have somebody who fits this description. Now, often we underestimate the power of having this connector in our wheelhouse um, and accessible to us. But I'm gonna tell you, as soon as you tap into this individual, things will just uh, boom. Now, I know that if you're not a connector, you may feel guilty about dipping into this relationship bucket and, and dragging down some of this currency. I'm going to tell you, though, that connectors love connecting. It gives them such a thrill. It gives them such a pleasure. And the more that you're allowing them to live in this gift, the better it is for them. That is the gift in and of itself, is simply being able to say, hey, do you know this person who can do this? And they will go, yeah. Let me reach out to somebody. Now, I am by nature a natural connector. I love making connections for individuals. And oftentimes I will forget, to be perfectly honest, it's a brain fart. Um, and I, I try as much as I can to get better. So in case you are reading or you are listening to this podcast and you are thinking, yeah, Susan was supposed to connect me to this person or that person please reach back out because it's not intentional when I forget. Um, it is simply just me. So 
when you're, so the reason why I'm sharing this is because your connectors may also be doing this just because they know the people, they may not be as great about following through on connecting. So don't be afraid to ask more than once. Don't be afraid to follow up and don't be afraid to ask. So the main thing that our connectors love to do is to help you connect to other people that they know. They love it. They love to be able to be counted on. They love being asked. They love to be tapped on the shoulder to say, hey, do you know so-and-so who might be able to do so-and-so? They just shine in those moments. And if you're right now listening to this and you're nodding your head because you're either a connector or because you've used a connector, you have somebody in your network who is a connector and you've been able to utilize them in this function and allow them to shine in their gift and you know how much it, it thrills them, then you understand the power of being able to have somebody in your pocket that does this function for you. But more importantly, that this is already the reciprocal relationship currency that you don't have to feel bad about asking them to connect you to other folks. The main thing that they love also doing is being connected to other people. So this is the best way for you to be able to pay them back. When you are uh, not a connector is to connect them to other people. Doesn't even have to be for any particular reason. It can just be the fact that you enjoy this person, you think they would enjoy this person, whether it's because of a personality, a shared belief, a common interest, core values, something about their personal life, anything that could tie them together, it really doesn't matter to be totally honest, because our connectors love connecting to other people. <laughs> so they're naturally curious and naturally just willing to connect. And even for introverts, because I am one, they won't do it all the time because it drains their energy, but they're naturally curious and want to know more people that they could connect their network to. And so always allow your connector to have a say. Always allow them to decide whether or not they want to uh, actually take that next step. But don't be afraid to connect them to the people in your network and let them know that, hey, I just met this person. I thought of you. I thought you'd get along. I'd love to be able to connect the two of you together. Does this sound like something that you would be interested in? And then your connector can decide if they want to take the next step. Never be afraid to reach out to your connector to ask for certain people in their network that they may be able to connect you with. They absolutely love doing this. Uh, again, because it allows them to reconnect to the people that are in their network that they may have fallen off the radar a little bit uh, with, and it allows them to do more of what it is that they love, even though it might not be part of their business. So the three relationship currents that we, that we just talked about today, clients, collaborators, and connectors. Each of these are important. And you can see here that when we talk about our collaborators and our connectors, they indirectly and directly can lead us to more clients. And that is why I didn't spend as much time on our clients because you already know that your clients are important. And that once you get clients, that you wanna pour into them in terms of being able to continue that two-way street to have that continued conversation. That is the easy part. 
the part where I feel you are getting stuck and where I get a lot of feedback from my clients is on the other two. What happens when you're not meeting very many clients? Well, chances are because you are talking to people, you're bumping into individuals as you're going about your day to day, they fit into one of these three buckets. So if they're not a client, they could be a collaborator. And if they're not a collaborator, they very well could be a connector. And if they're none of these, well, then they're just a regular old joke, right? And there's very, very few of those that don't fit into one of these three buckets. From my experience, they're going to fit into one of these three the majority of the time. You know, the 80-20 rule holds true for most things. So 80% of the time, they're going to fit into one of these three, bucket, these three buckets. And the other 20%, it's only 20%. You really don't need to worry a heck of a lot about them. So keep in mind what we shared at the very beginning, that relationships are based on you and them. And it's important that you don't keep making deposits and it's important that you don't keep making withdrawals. It needs to be a balance and different people and different relationships require different things. So make sure that you understand which one of these three buckets that you have relationships with and which one of these three buckets how do you maintain that relationship currency? What activities are required? So today, your action item is to think about the people that are closest to you. Think about the 10 people that you know, like the back of your hand, and identify whether they fit as a client, as a collaborator, or as a connector. And if you have not been able to um, connect or collaborate with somebody, that's your homework from today's episode. I want you to identify at least one person who could be a connector and one person who is a collaborator and ask. Ask for something that you need that would allow you to get closer to a client today. Okay? So that's it for this episode. I am super excited for you that you are actually going to take action. I'd love to give you a shout out. If you head on over to my podcast page, then you're going to be able to go ahead and record a little voice message for me in that little widget thingy. Send me a note. Let me know how you're doing. If this worked for you so that I can give you a shout out on my very next podcast episode, I would be super excited to be able to celebrate you and you taking action is the most important thing. Now, if you are still struggling to figure out once we've gone through this, like how do I actually get more clients? What does this actually look like? I want you to grab my free resource, which is my exact six-figure blueprint, the exact steps that I took when I had zero clients, zero list, zero connections, nothing, nada. Um, when I first started my online business and built it to six figures in six months. I'm not going to promise that will happen for you, but I'm going to show you exactly what I did in this extremely comprehensive blueprint that I created just for you. So head on over to, um, to grab that. The link will be in the show notes and you're going to be able to see exactly what I did in the hopes that it's going to help streamline your process as well. Thanks so much. And we will talk to you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time.